1: Hi folks, this is Alan Watt, and we're Cutting Through the Matrix on the 14th of April 2010. For newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website, scroll down, bookmark all the other sites I have up there. These are all the official sites. Because sometimes in the future you'll have to use them when the big uh, site gets overloaded, too many folk going into it, or I can't upload to it. That's happened before on a few occasions. So if you've got them bookmarked, you can always download the latest shows for free. There's hundreds and hundreds of audio talks I've given over the years, available for free download. And amongst those sites, you'll see on the front page at CuttingThroughMatrix.com is Alan Sentient, the European site. It has all the same audios for download, but it's got the addition of transcripts of a lot of the talks I've given over the years. And you can choose from the various languages of Europe, print them up, and pass them around to your friends. And uh, as always, i plugged myself at the beginning. If you call this a plug, I'm not a salesman. I never intended to be. But uh, you're the audience that bring me to you. This is a pretty unique uh, situation. I don't ask for money. And believe you me, I've been offered it by advertisers to uh, to run the show and so on, and to finance me personally. That's how most hosts make their money, is through advertising. The ads you hear in this show are paid directly by advertisers to RBN for the airtime and for their staff, for their board ops, and for the equipment and their bills, maintenance and all that stuff. If you're in a big operation, it costs a lot of money. So it's up to you to keep me going by... Purchasing things I have for sale at cutting through the com website. There's not a lot there. I never had the time to do it. This, is, this, is, this isn't just an hour per night that I talk here. It takes an, a lot of work during the day to do other things as well associated with this. And therefore, you can keep me going if you purchase the items I have for sale. Now, from the U.S. to Canada, you remember you can always use personal check to Canada. You can also use an international postal money order from your post office. You have to make sure you tell them it's international. And you can use MoneyGram, Western Union, cash. Now, there's PayPal for donations, but you can also pay for an order through the donation button. Just send me uh, the appropriate amounts of the nation and, I'll, and a separate email And I'll get it out to you The same across the rest of the world you got uh, MoneyGram, Western Union uh, Cash Or PayPal Wherever you are in the world PayPal generally works today Well, most places If you live in some countries like South Africa You're best to also do the, the UPS Or some other way of delivery Because very little actually will get through By the regular post service And that's been found out by hard experience. And for those who get the discs burned and passed to them, because they don't play them on computers, they play them on their CD players, uh, you can get in touch with me at Alan Watt, Site41, Box4, Estaire, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. And the postal code is P for Peter, the number 3, E for Elizabeth, the number 4, N for Nora, and the number 1, P3E4N1. And as I say, it's up to you to keep me going. That's the only way I trickle over here. I have bills here, satellite uploads, all that kind of stuff from a rotten service because they got a monopoly. And uh, once in a while I get twice up dial-up speed, so I'm up till three, maybe 2 or 3 in the morning sometimes on a bad night uploading the stuff to the site. Uh, and that costs a lot of money just to do that. Uh, so uh, try and keep me going uh, No one succeeded this long before They generally go under very quickly Because people prefer the fantastic to the realistic they to be fascinated while they're afraid, you might say Like a horror movie I try to give you the facts Back after this break What we're cutting through the Matrix Last night I was talking about the geoengineering that's been going on for years As they pretend they're only now discussing the possibilities of doing it Which is utter nonsense uh, they're, They've been doing it for many, many years They know the side effects And that's really what they're discussing Is how to mitigate them or keep them from the public And it's quite easy to keep anything from the public Because we're not too bright But uh, they... The book were, I was using yesterday was Policy Implications of Greenhouse Warming, Mitigation, Adaptation, and the Science Base, published in 1992, the Bible, you might say, for the agenda. And uh, I put the link up last night where you can go into the site yourself and government sites and download this particular book. But on page 433, it's got this to say, remember this is 1992, Geoengineering. In this chapter, a number of geoengineering options are considered. Then they go through the different uh, options and the, the hoopla to do with how it might or might not work. But they say here, uh, other geoengineering uh, engineering possibilities include reforesting the United States. I guess the la- people get off the land, you see, you can reforest it. That's why you're the habitat areas for Agenda 21. To increase the storage of carbon and vegetation, Simulating an increase in oceanic biomass as a means of increasing the storage and natural sequestering of carbon in the ocean and so on. ya yad, yad. This is important to recognize. Now, listen to this. Listen to this part here. 1992. For those who are still in their religious phase who, who use words like, do you believe this or do you believe that? Do you believe in global warming? Do you believe in Y2K? That's a religious uh, thing, you see. Uh, this is 1992. It says here, it is important to recognise that we are at present—at present means means in the now, you know—for uh, for the harder thinking—we are at present involved in a large project of inadvertent geoengineering by altering atmospheric chemistry, and it does not seem inappropriate to inquire if there are countermeasures that might be implemented to address the adverse impacts. You understand what that just said now. Come on, we're back in in, in junior school here, eh? Let's do it again, children. It says, It is important to recognize that we are at present involved in a large project of inadvertent geoengineering by altering atmospheric chemistry. And it does not seem inappropriate to inquire if there are countermeasures that might be implemented to address the adverse impacts. So they knew then that there already were adverse impacts since they 're talking about countermeasures that might be implemented to address them to alter them and people the, the people who can who can still think clearly to an extent at least and plow through uh, their gobbledygook and their, their their different phrases they use to make it sound very scientific uh we'll get a lot out of it. Most folk want because it's, most folk really want to go into conspiracy sites, you know. And uh, where it's this kind of exciting, uh, these aren't exciting things to read. Nothing that really happens or is of import is very exciting. It's very boring, dull and dry. But it's the most important information you'll ever find in your life is when you go through this kind of stuff. So they admit then they were already engaged in this, this uh, project, this um, geoengineering project, a large project, they said, and uh, it's been going on for an awful long time. Britain, by the way, has just been warned it's in for another week of freezing uh, sleet and snow and blizzards in April. But that doesn't matter. We're apparently going to fry to death to see if they don't save us and all that rubbish. Remember, there's different reasons behind all of this. What's interesting, too, in this uh, this policy implications of greenhouse warming, mitigation, adaptation and the science base it starts off with humans are the problem, uh, right out of the Club of Rome, because they're the guys that dreamt that one up, and they're proud to admit it in their own book. So... Uh, humans, it's all to get us to, to depopulate uh, Mind you, this stuff too, I just mention in the writings in the book That the side effects, some of the side effects will be sterilization of the general public and increased death rate, which is to their advantage, it says To their advantage mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's what it's about, folks No conspiracy site there You can go into the government uh, one and find it, their own website Now, I've mentioned many, many times uh, that you cannot watch, you cannot, cannot watch television and let your brain chill out and just get downloaded. You can't do that. You never could do that, actually, because we've always been brainwashed by everything they put across there. Very clever people know know your mind. Uh, They know how to entertain you and indoctrinate you at the same time. And it's really very old scams that they do. Not just the ads themselves. Because now you see the shows themselves are ads. To get you to modify your lifestyle. Now here's the nice and icy story here. This is the nice and icy one from the Wall Street Journal. What your TV is telling you to do. Very polite, you see. April the 7th, 2010. In just one week on NBC, the detectives on Law and Order investigated a cash for clunkers scam. Remember that? they pushing that. It just happens to be the right thing that's getting pushed the right. So it's in a story, you see. A nurse on Mercy organized a group bike ride because we're all supposed to go bike riding now. As the, that the czar of transportation for the U.S. said that, uh, he's not pro-car at all. He's the first government that's not pro-car. They're not going to favor the motorist at all. You to know, start riding bikes. Al Gore made a guest appearance on 30 Rock and The Office, turned Dwight Schrute into a cape-wearing superhero obsessed with recycling. So these are for, these are for actual programming, not not ads as you see them. It says, coincidence hardly, NBC Universal planted these eco-friendly elements into scripted television shows to influence viewers and help sell ads. The tactic general electric Company's NBC Universal calls it behavior placement it 's designed to sway viewers to adopt actions they see modeled in their favorite shows. Well, guess where they got it from, folks? Guess about the way that you behave, act, and even swear, uh, it, and including the clothes that you wear, uh, the shoes that you wear, and um, even your, your personal behavior you 've got it all from the television anyway that 's how they get it all done. You're, you are not you're a composite. You literally are a walking composite of 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 what's been brainwashed into you by Madison Avenue and the television stations. That's what you are. It says it helps to sell ad to, to marketers who want to associate their brands with a, a feel-good, socially-aware show. Unlike with product placement, which can seem jarring to savvy viewers, and there's not many of them, the goal is that viewers won't really notice that Tina Fey is tossing a plastic bottle into the recycling bin, or that a minor character on Law & Order, SVU, has switched to energy-saving light bulbs. People don't want to be hit over the head with it, says NBC Universal Chief Executive Jeff Zucker. Putting it in programming is what makes it resonate with viewers. TV has always had the ability to get millions of people to mimic a beloved character. And they have. You know, that's what, you're a composite. You're walking, your friends are composites. Ever since Carrie Bradshaw on Sex in the City stopped in the Magnolia Bakery, fans of the show wait in long lines for the once quiet shops, $2.75 cupcakes. When Jennifer Aniston As Rachel on Friends cut her hair, salons across the country reported requests for the shaggy, highlighted, layered look known as the Rachel. That's how stupid folk are, you see. This is the power of persuasion that NBCU hopes to tap. Subtle messaging woven into shows mainstreams it, and mainstreaming is an effective way to get a message across, said Lorne Zalznik, president of NBCU Women in Lifestyle Entertainment Networks, which oversees the effort. Since the fall of 2007, network executives have been asking producers uh, of almost every prime-time and daytime show to incorporate a green story, a green story at least once a year. Well, it's way more than that now. It's about every day. The effort now takes place for a week in April and November. Starting April 19th this year, 40 NBC Universal outlets will feature some 100 hours of green-themed programming including an episode of the Bravo reality series Millionaire Matchmaker, in which a 39-year-old tycoon with an eco-friendly clothing line goes into a rage after his blind date orders red meat. ah ha ha In June, NBCU plans a weekend which programming will emphasize healthy eating and exercise. The idea is that viewers will watch the shows and then spring into action. It's about incorporating a marketer's message into a thematic environment, says Mike Pilot, President of Sales and Marketing at NBC Universal. While the network says it tries to incorporate green programming throughout the year, the special emphasis twice a year creates an event that provides opportunities to advertisers an NBC spokeswoman says, for instance, a Walmart ad focusing on locally grown produce ran this past November after an episode of the medical drama Trauma in which the emergency medic rabbit uh, res- was it a cartoon. Medic rabbit rescues a window washer dangling precariously from a building. Medics are alerted to the situation by a man sitting in his hybrid vehicle. Oh, no. Where's the bag? <laughs> uh, Behaviour. Behavior placement gives marketers extra incentive to advertise at a time when digital video recorders equip viewers with an unprecedented ability to skip commercials, says Jason Kanevsky, a media buyer at Havas MPG. You're not forcing your way into a program in any way, shape, or form, he says, You're just you as a customer, you you, you know, the dumb the dumb watcher, you know, with the mouth open. You're just nodding your head at a program. <laughs> A- ABC, CBS and Fox have plenty of product placement but have, haven't have taken the steps into behaviour placement Network spokesman, say The writers and producers are less enamoured with behaviour placement Already on the book or the hook to create holiday-themed I shall, I'll read the rest of this when I come back from this break It's really important uh, And uh, what can you say right? Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix Reading an article about how they indoctrinate you and it's quite open about it And it's all green and environment and so on Plus they have little quips there too about how we're destroying the planet and man's the enemy and stuff like that And you'll all lap it up as you munch your chips there and swig your pop and all the rest of it But uh I can to say here, Angela Bloomstead, uh, president of Primetime and Entertainment at NBC, says her only specific request is that writers incorporate something related to the environment into a storyline and not make it a throwaway line of dialogue. We haven't had any pushback, she says. Pushback. Hmm. Now there's another uh, site here with a different spin on it. and It's more precise, perhaps. And uh, if I can find it here, it's... Um, It's uh, from the Gawker, actually. I'll put the link up on my website at the end of the show. It says, television's benevolent mind-control program. That's more accurate, you see. And he goes on to say something, which is true, and we don't like the truth at times. It says, America's a nation of mostly poor, unattractive people who take their cues on life from the fictional actions of rich, attractive characters on television. The NBC network, your father figure, has decided to educate our slack-jawed populace with television. It used to be that NBC used the TV shows uh, potential mind-control powers only to sell us Subway sandwiches and feebly remind us to recycle. But knowing that you, the insecure American viewer, will take the advice of fictional 30 rock characters when it comes to selecting a carbonated v- beverage, NBC figured here... Why not instruct our viewers on how to accomplish the most basic tasks that will allow them to live a moderately healthy life without drowning to death in their couch under a tidal wave of Cheez-Its? A healthy consumer is a consumer that can purchase advertised products, as they say in our nation's scientific broadcasting academies. Therefore, and they mention the Wall Street Journal's report today, NBC has an instituted Behaviour placement along with product placement in its shows to teach you, the American idiot, how to be good. How to be good. That's what it is, you see. you be good to recycle. First there was Green Week and June NBC will emphasise healthy eating and exercise subtly via the actions of characters there on the screen of your unmoving TV. Behaviour placement gives marketers extra incentives to advertise at a time when digital video recorders equip viewers with an unprecedented ability to skip commercials, says Jason Kinevsky, a media buyer at Havas MPG. You're not forcing your way into a programme in any shape or form, he says. You as a viewer, you're just nodding your head at a Uh programme. Uh-huh, uh-huh, that's that's what you do. You're just nodding your head to the programme. What the programme says is what you will do. Fortunately our NBC overlords are using this power for for benevolent purposes One can only imagine what should happen if it were, see unleashed only in a a service Of convincing us to purchase certain brands of automobiles and beauty products in the 100 calorie snack packs Looks like the hypodermic needle theory of communication was right after all and then there's an expletive there, something you, cognitive revolution. Because that's what they're calling it, the cognitive revolution, as they con you further uh with with rather blatant ways to, to indoctrinate you. But of course, most will never figure that out. They'll go, oh, there's Al Gore in, in this comedy. <laughs> you know, that's how they are. And nod their heads, yep. Yeah, they will indeed nod their heads. That's how it works. And... When you really get into things, that's what all television's all about, and it always has been. Right after 9/11, when they talked about the joint uh, integration really of Canada and the U.S. forces for the border and everything, out came a series called, and Canada is very good at, at very exciting titles, and it was called The Border. And uh, I think there were strapping uh, terrorists on on the um, one of the main crossover bridges, Niagara Falls, I think, in the first episode. Yeah, something that's never happened. But uh, there you go, it's terrorism everywhere, and, and that's how you get brainwashed, through fiction. And uh, promiscuity was done through, through fiction, masses of fiction. You, you, aren't you doing the same? Don't you just hop around? No? Mm, well, everybody's doing it, look, look at that. Then lives of the rich and famous, well, they're all doing it, I better do the same, eh? Whoa! The composite people, composite people, that's what it is. You know, this article here I read before, Mr. worth reading again, it ties in with uh, uh, the chemical spraying they're doing in the skies, the article I read yesterday, the book, their Bible of the weather warfare, basically, and starting off with uh, um, too many people, and really what they're really saying is too many of the wrong sort of people, the obsolete types now, you see, now that we've no longer got any in industry, and there's hardly any economy. Uh, so this article here, is from the Washington Examiner, and I've read it before, as I say, and it was from the 15th, uh, uh, the 7th, 9. It says, President Obama's science czar John Holdren to a controversial and amoral approach to the science of population by recommending mass compulsory sterilization and even forced abortion and or forced marriages. That's for the better types, you know, the ones who wouldn't marry, but they, were, they had the better genes. Forced marriages under certain circumstances Now he's in there now he's in, he's in there with this gang of Collectivists at the top there Who want to uh, help their masters dominate The planet uh, John Holdren His 1977 Tome Ecoscience, which he co-authored with Paul and Anne Ehrlich, also displays a revealing disregard for the institution of the traditional human family. Well, it says in that other book I read too from the government there, their, their, their Bible, uh, that the family had to be destroyed for this purpose. It starts to make sense eventually, doesn't it? I'll be back with more after this break.
0: Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
1: Hi, folks, this is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. Uh, reading uh, an article that's entitled Obama's Science Czar, that's John Holdren, traditional families obsolete, he says, punish large families. And he goes on to say here uh, that uh, radical changes in family structure and relationships are inevitable. They knew that, you see, because we're already under attack, again, through the media, entertainment, that, that never showed you a healthy marriage. It was arguing all the time, and, and it was just uh, chaotic, and so on. This is whether the population control is instituted or not. Inac- inaction attended by a steady deterioration in living conditions for the poor majority will bring changes everywhere that no one could consider beneficial. Thus, it is beside the point to object to population control measures simply on the grounds that they might change the social structure or family relationships. Why are you saying they're kaput anyway? Because they're making sure they were kaputs. And that's happened, so they're going ahead. Holdren with a Blythe, of course, encourages governments to wage an effective war on the family in America. It begins with the abolition of uh, uh, pronatalist policies and continues with their complete reversal. This is what he advocated. He's in there now, folks. He better, he understands what they'll put in at the right time. This is the right time to put them in. Their masters know what they're doing it wasn't the the voters who put these guys in. I hope the people out there realize that. As United States taxpayers know, this is what he says. Income tax laws have long implicitly encouraged marriage and childbearing. Such a pro-natalist bias, of course, is no longer appropriate. In countries that are affluent enough for the majority of citizens to pay taxes, tax laws could be adjusted to favor instead of penalize single people, working wives, and small families. Other tax measures might also include high marriage fees, taxes on on baby goods and toys, and removal of family allowances where they exist. Other possibilities include the limitation of maternal or educational benefits to two children per family. Holdren notes that some of these these proposals have the the potential disadvantage of heavily penalizing children and the long-run society as well. This is not a disqualifier, though, as long as the proposals are carefully adjusted to avoid denying at least minimum care for poor families, regardless of the number of children they may have. Even here, the objection is practical, not ethical. It's fine to level stiff penalties against those who choose families and children, but not to the point that this policy exacerbates the original problem, which is unwanted children living in squalor that population control purports to combat. Some Americans might cite the Founding Fathers and argue that a government whose policy is to make war on the family in the name of science has clearly overstepped its mandate. That was not the opinion expressed by John Holdren. The man President Obama has put in charge of the nation's science policy. Put in charge, as I say, at the right time, and so are the other creeps behind him. But believe you me, they're no different from the creeps that were there before with the previous guy. See, they use them for different purposes. It's time to put this guy in to do this martial law, blah, blah, blah. And it's time to put this guy in to bring in the collectivist agenda. But it's much easier for fascists to run you when you're all run under a collectivist communist title system, under a massive bureaucracy. Far easier. Everyone's worked like clockwork, you know. And now it's time for this and time for that. That's how it works. Now, from Fox News, uh, this is an article here to do with, uh, it actually starts off with sexual health. Of course, I always put these quack things in for the doctors and stuff. Uh, But there's an article called, is soda, you know, your pop that you drink, bad for sperm. I've told you for years that whatever you're made to like and becomes popular is designed for other purposes. I've gone through the bisphenol A in the pop bottles and the, and the water bottles and all that kind of stuff, and the, 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 the phthalates they have too, uh, that sterilize males. And a lot of this stuff is also in cosmetics used by women. It's vastly uh, overladen with the stuff. And it goes through the skin, insufflation it's called, into the bloodstream. And it will alter, literally alter the sexuality or the behavior of a, a, a boy If um, she's doing this stuff between the age of 8 and 12 weeks in gestation And they knew, they knew this back in the 1800s, what uh, these particular chemicals did These uh, these uh, synthetic hormones But it's in everything Well, here's soda, another thing that they made popular, you see Water was never good enough and orange juice wasn't good enough so you get soda, you see, and soda isn't all your favourite uh, soft drinks. This was from March the 30th, 2010. Men who drink about a quart or more of soda every day could be causing harm to their sperm. The results of a Danish study hint. On average, these men's sperm counts were almost 30% lower than in men. It said here. It keeps jumping on me this particular thing. Uh, I'll try to get it back up again here if it cooperates. It says, than men who didn't drink soda. Well, most of the sperm counts would still be considered normal by the World Health Organization. See, see, sterility is normal by the World Health Organization. That's why when they quote the figures that you're down 85% by 85% of of sperm compared to men of 1952 or so, there's no crisis mentioned by the World Health Organization. They just give you the quotes, like we're quite happy with that, you know. So, It says, these sperm counts would still be considered normal by the World Health Organization. Men with fewer sperm generally have a higher risk of being infertile. Well, I love these guys. They're so bright. They're so clever. Imagine putting that together. The link is unlikely to be due to caffeine. The researchers say because coffee didn't have the same effect, even though its caffeine content is higher. Instead, other ingredients in the beverage or an unhealthy lifestyle could be involved. It is important to note that the men who drank a lot of cola were also different in many other ways. I bet they were, said Dr. Dia Cold of uh, Jensen uh, Rigshospitalen in Copenhagen, Denmark, and told Reuters Health. Kold Jensen, who led the research, said only a few studies have looked at caffeine's impact on reproductive health in men. The participants have generally been a very select group, such as infertile, n- infertile men, and the results have been conflicting. So that's basically soft drinks, caffeine and obviously phthalates but they don't mention it here because it's in plastic bottles all these soft drinks they come into. But There's also one uh, I'll put up there too that is, is entitled, Is Drinking Water Safe For You? And if you skip the first three quarters it's one of these TV doc type guys, you know these TV quacks they bring on and three quarters of his pablum but then it gets into the heart of the matter and uh, he's actually saying that um, uh, water itself now is so laden with uh, artificial estrogens that it's definitely having an effect on the males in society. I'll put that link up as well. But of course, this is all just pure chance and coincidence and all that kind of stuff. It could never fall in with a depopulation program uh, that's been going on since the, and written about since the 1900s. And that's just paranoid thinking. That's conspiracy stuff. Oh ho ho! Isn't it? Even though Canada's recognized the dangers of the phthalates and so on and uh, claimed that they were taking it out of the supply, studies that were done afterwards, mind you, and I read them on the air, said no, they're still there. Hmm. I guess they're vital to have, eh? But uh, yeah, the one for how water can make you fat, that's how it comes on, actually. Water can make you fat. How chemicals in drink can trigger weight gain and fertility problems. Water, eh, can make you fat. And he goes on about his long, long quackish spiel here. And then he says, uh, and then he tries to say tap water is really by and large good and safe and so on, and free of bugs that cause gastric infections. Uh, and pablum, pablum, pablum. But then he goes down to the real part of it near the bottom. It says It Among these are the so-called gender-bending chemicals such as bisphenol A used in the manufacture of plastics such as baby's bottles with, which varies, uh, various sort of link to reproductive difficulties as well as cardiovascular disease and diabetes. A recent study by Harvard School of Public Health found that those who drank from bottles made with BPA showed a two-thirds increase of the chemical in their urine. Other chemical derivatives to get into your water include estrogen compounds, these can come from pesticides and herbicides that wash off from soil into rivers. And of course, it's dosed on your veggies as well by the big, uh, the big GMO boys. Estrogen is the hormone that stimulates female characteristics in women at puberty. Synthetically, it's used in the osteogender based oral contraceptive pill. Again, this is excreted in urine and gets into our water supply. An excessive amount of estrogen in the body not only drives certain cancers, uh, such, uh, such as specific types of breast cancer But also affects the way we accumulate fat Well I guarantee you after looking around at some of the people and towns it affects them in other ways uh, as well And uh, a lot of the guys too So the more we are exposed to estrogen or chemicals that act like it The harder it is to lose body fat and its increase in body fat has been linked to many illnesses, including heart disease and cancer. Meanwhile, we have to consider the population-wide drop in sperm concentration, which has plummeted, according to the British Fertility Society, to about 30%, as well as the fact that Britain seems to be gripped by a fertility crisis. So is America, the US, Canada. I read the the, the reports last year on that. 85% down it is, actually. You've actually got about 25%. Actually, if you're lucky, 25% virile sperm. And uh, it's half of those sperm tested tested, in, in articles i put on the Internet here from major media and studies, scientific studies, only half of that is, is mobile uh, and has the ability to find its target. But there's no crisis, mind you. No crisis at all. It's just like the new allergies that pop out, you know. We have sudden new allergies. Uh, it's a new normal. And, uh, scientists are baffled, of course. And, uh, they won't put any money into finding why. But everyone's allergic now and children are allergic to everything. And that we started off with peanuts, uh, for some children. And now, goodness sake, we're being, we're becoming allergic to our vegetables and fruit. I'll put that article up as well. When humans become allergic to their food, you're going down a very fast, slippery, dark tunnel, folks. Because, you see, all you got left is food and water. And you're kaput. But that's no crisis, mind you. Because if you go back to John Holdren's stuff, he's in for depopulation and bringing the population down by any and all means possible. Are you beginning to get what's happening? And Holdren's only one of many of these mass psychopathic murderers who are in top positions on behalf of their masters. But those who are John Doe and Jane Doe who sit and watch the TV there and laugh and giggle and chomp on their chips will never get it. And you've got to really get to understand that you cannot help these people. They're beyond it. They are They are gone. They're, they're in the land of Moroni. They're morons. Seriously, folks, they are morons Some of the people out there, some of us have been morons But we came out of moron land into enlightenment land Because we chose to, you see But a lot of people prefer to stay in moron land Because there's more People are generally instincts of, of uh, the social creatures They like to be in big crowds And safety in numbers So the more morons who agree with their propaganda and indoctrination The, the safer they feel You have to really accept that Honestly don't kill yourself trying to get through to your nearest and dearest or whoever it happens to be for year after year and cause all that dissension. There's no point. Use your skills and your time. Save yourself an ulcer and try to help those who are asking the questions, regardless of the age they're at. Regardless of the age. I had a nephew once. He was, he hit about 12 or 11 years of age and, uh, he said to me he says you know that's disgusting i says well what's disgusting he says that tina turner i says well, why is that well he watched her on television and uh, she's dancing around there with the miniskirt and the whole thing and it's all about raunchy sex and these girls behind her are all raunchy sex and stuff he says he says because this is she's a grandmother this is a 12 year old she's a grandmother acting like a a whore and I thought, well, that, that, that youngster's got promise there. He's, he's, uh, he's got the ability to come out of Maroonland, land. see. And um, some people have it very early. Other ones, it takes years of knocking their heads against the brick walls and following politics and stuff, believing in it all, uh, before they decide to leave Maroonland behind them and uh, come into the light. But don't kill yourself. Please don't kill yourself. I get so many letters from folk. I'm trying to wake up my wife, my husband, my whoever, and uh, my brother or sister. And it's like an ongoing ego battle for years. And that's really what it ends up boiling down to is just battles. I should be able, with all I know, to persuade this person, and they will understand. No, they choose not to understand. They do choose not to understand. Now, nothing out there in today's society is out by chance. We're living in a scientific dictatorship. You've been born into a scientifically run dictatorship. Governance is an art of governing people uh, through various uh, means uh, by which they're completely oblivious. To get desired results, to get them to go along like a blind herd. That's what governance means. I've read the articles. It's a system where the, the people who are governed have no say whatsoever in the direction of the laws and the forces that are acting upon them. There's no complaints department. There's no involvement. There's no democratic. We can speak to them and and have our say. It's not there outside the humoring aspect of it. And when they gave us all your social networking systems and they gave you the Internet in the first place, it was always to bring you to a stage where they'd monitor every single individual. That was the purpose of it. And you can't stop again the herd from jumping at things. They, they like toys. They like, uh, their friends. You know, don't you want to be in touch with your friends? Do you know how many friends you really have in your life when you go through it? Do you really, really know? You're lucky if you've got a couple. Most folk are lucky if they've got one. You're getting rather, um, um confused concerning acquaintances and very vague at that because you don't know who they are. ...on these different sites that you go into and who you Twitter with. A lot of them are setups as well. It could even be a computer that's pulling your leg. The study says almost half of Americans use social networks. And uh, that's from Hot Hardware, April the 9, 2010. That goes into the, the different statistics and so Nearly half of Americans aged 12 and older have a profile on one or more social networking websites... Also revealed that the use of social networking sites was not limited to youth. Apparently 78% of teens and 77% of 18 to 24 year olds have personal profile pages. Nearly two thirds of Americans between the ages of 25 and 34 have personal profile pages. Not only are there more people using social networking sites in general, but they're also using them more frequently. It suggests that 30% of Americans with a social networking profile access the social networking website several times a day. One year ago, only 18% of the same group said they used the site multiple multiple times per day. And what does that lead to? Well, it leads to this particular site too, ZDNet.com. And uh, it says, uh, Bad Brother is indeed watching you, the spy site of social networking just to fit on in the happy PR one of the one I read before. I'll be back with more after this break. Hi, folks. This is Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. Just a, a quick uh, article here on uh, this company called Teneros, one of many companies actually outside of just the CIA collecting all your data, which they do, and, and it's actually stored apparently in the in congressional <laughs> Records somewhere. Teneros has launched a product designed to let a company monitor its employees' social networking activities, and then it goes into the reasons that they'd want to basically check up on its employees. Uh, whistleblowers are one reason, it says here too. But um, it's now automated, the system's automated now, and employers can discover and monitor their employees' Facebook and Twitter posts and tweets with more sites promised, such as YouTube, MySpace, LinkedIn, as for examples. So, you know, but you can't stop the lemmings, can you? You can't stop the lemmings from... Uh, wanting to be a star. I guess it's, that's what it is. I want to be a star. I want to be up there. you know. I want people to know me. you know. And all you have is these little text messages from your friends. <laughs> now, there's a caller from California. Peter, are you there, Peter?
0: Yes, I am, Alan. Hi, how are you? Not so bad. Okay. Well, aside from uh, you hitting all the uh, fun points that are on my mind right now, uh, there's some pretty crazy things going on here as well and uh just just to touch up on what you were saying about the facebook and the and the social networking programs they were never meant to be about uh you know you and i for example all it was was um, a basic structure set up for in the future in order to determine the patterns in life that we go through everyone is always posting on these facebooks and twitters what they're doing it's in order to find that pattern right and then once they uh, are able to find out, okay, these people do this, these people do that, they can make plans for us later in the future mm-hmm. because they want to predict us. You know, you always talk about predictive programming, and I yeah. believe that uh, that's obviously one of their tactics. But my question to you is, and I'm always, you know, talking about New World Order to a lot of people that I know, and they're always saying, well, when's it going to be here? When's it going to be here? Mm-hmm. And I'm saying it's already here. Yeah. But but nobody, uh, you know, everyone's already caught up in all their day-to-day. lives. I just kind of wanted to... Uh, see what you thought about that
1: anyway we're living right through it so when bush senior first said it and uh, i think it was 90 1990 september the 11th of course at 1990 and again in september 11th 1991 he said they saw the world or coming into view a new world order and uh, the thousand points of light that are the big foundations and ngos that are spearheading it and private uh, corporations uh, we were already going into it then, and of course, it was really kicked off with the century of change in 2001. That's when the century began, by the way, is 2001, not 2000, and uh, that was to kick it right off there. They were right on cue, like the big business plan that they have, but you're quite correct. with the. Uh, I've read the article from the Pentagon's own release saying they have an artificial system uh, where every one of us is in that system, a composite of us in our virtual reality, And it updates itself daily by all our messages, emails, and so on, updates us all. It knows the clusters of friends that we have, what we all have in common, what your behaviors are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, through Friday to Saturday, Sunday. And if you change your behavior in the future, you'll get a knock on the door. They'll want to know why, because now you become unpredictable. And for totalitarians, have always said everyone must be predictable in this kind of society, which they're bringing in. So that's what it's for. You're quite right. But that this all designed before they gave us the first little taste of the internet. Step by step. Did it worked out in advance? Give them this little bit, then give them that little bit of cheese. And we've had lots of cheese since till we end up at, at the end in the trap. But thanks for calling. From Hamish, myself in Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your God's go with you.